water, earth, fire, air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What's Oppa, a rewatch podcast of the greatest show ever, Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm Joyce. I'm Justin. I'm Anand. And we want to give a special shout out to our friend Kunal, who read the intro this week. This is episode 15 of our podcast, where we'll be discussing The Deserter. So, Anand, kick it off. All right. So previously on Avatar, we have learned that Aang is on a quest to learn all of the elements by summer's end because of the comet that is rapidly approaching. And we have recently learned that uh, Admiral Zhao, who was recently promoted to Admiral, is searching for the Avatar. Indeed. So the first scene is Team Avatar and they find a map on this bulletin board. But before that, the first shot is Momo and the lighting is really warm and yellow. And I thought it was like a Momo flashback for a second because I was like, what is going on here? But it's actually real life. So confirmed the coloring of the shots have nothing to do with whether <laughs> where they are in time. Um, Momo is looking around and then we see a cloaked shadow in the distance. And like I said, Team Avatar finds this message board with a bunch of posters on it. Yeah, so these posters are pretty interesting. Um, all of the posters have this red seal on them, which are pretty similar to seals used in ancient Eastern Asian civilizations, and they're usually used on like official paperwork and things like that. So we know that these are, you know, official posters. They look like wanted posters. And here we see Aang, the Blue Spirit, and people that we will later go on to know as Zhang Zhang and Che. And just as a fun fact, Che's poster says he's mentally unstable. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, he kind of You know, we can see it. Actually, I read in the Avatar Extras, he was supposed to be even more crazy than the Che that we are presented with, but they decided to tone it down a little bit. So this is toned down Che that we get in this episode. But yeah, another fun fact is that the posters were hand-designed by Brian Konitsko, one of the creators of the show. So then Sokka complains about being hungry, and Aang points at a poster and says, ah, we can find food at the Fire Days Festival, and then... Uh, Aang also says it'll be a great place for him to study some real firebenders. And then Sokka finds a wanted poster for Aang. And he's like, maybe that's not such a good idea. Um, but then I thought it was funny because Aang takes the poster from Sokka and he just looks super pleased with himself. Like he's smiling <laughs> the whole time as he examines this wanted poster of him. And it, it actually just it reminds me of the scene in Tangled where Flynn sees the wanted poster of himself. Oh, and yeah. he's like. Well, actually, I guess he's pretty displeased at that poster because he's like, they didn't even get my nose right. But anyways, Aang is pretty uh, impressed at himself for making it onto this message board. Um, But yeah, then Katara says, we have to keep moving. And Aang says, I have to learn firebending at some point, and this could be my only chance to watch some masters up close. And then Katara agrees, obviously, with Aang all the time. And Sokka's like, you guys are crazy. And Katara says, they'll wear disguises and they'll leave if there's trouble. And Sokka says, yeah, because we always leave before we get into trouble, which is pretty funny. Um, But then anyways, when Sokka turns to leave, the shot zooms into this wanted poster of some mysterious person, like Mm. Justin said, who we'll meet very soon. (laughs) Um, So it was kind of just completely unsubtle. Uh, which I thought was funny. And then also right below that, there's a poster of the Blue Spirit. And uh, I read online somewhere, somebody saying that they were really surprised Aang does not react to this poster at all. Uh, oh, yeah, even though Katara point. and Sokka don't know who the Blue Spirit is, Aang is intimately familiar with yeah. the Blue Spirit. <laughs> Aang is so self-absorbed looking at himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Um So then Team Avatar goes to town and Aang tells Momo and Appa to stay out of sight. And Momo just 
flies into this bush and Appa crouches down below the bush or behind the bush. And it's just really cute. Yeah, that was a um, very cute moment. It was, yeah, it was probably the cutest moment of this episode. And then Team Avatar dons their disguises and Sokka and Katara put on their cloaks and Aang just puts his shirt over his head. Like, <laughs> I thought this was so relatable. Did you guys ever do this as children? Yeah, I must have. And then I also thought this is such a lame disguise. This from the man who brought you Bonzu Pippin Padalopsicopolis the third. Yeah. This is the best you can come up with now. And it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, no, it is really disappointing. Not only it's disappointing, but it's also dangerous. Like they're going into a Fire Nation town and Aang literally does not have a costume, right? A disguise. Like, yeah, like, like not at all. It, it doesn't make any sense. And even like Sokka and uh, Katara's costumes are pretty terrible. But I, I, this reminded me of when they, in season three, when they first go to the Fire Nation for real and they need uh, disguises and then they grab the clothes from the clothes hanger um, and like have actual Fire Nation attire, which is uh, much better than what they managed to do this time. <laughs> so yeah. there we go. Show continuity. Yeah. <laughs> or it's because throughout the show, their moral uh, compasses degrade. And so they become okay with stealing yeah. but at this point they're they're trying to they're still, still be pure. morally upright yep <laughs> anyways <laughs> then they head off to town and this cloaked man mystery man pokes his head out from behind a tree and watches them leave also not subtle at all yeah. they zoom in on him like four separate times and you're like okay yeah. we get it <laughs> <laughs> i know um so then they go to the Fire Days Festival and a dragon walks by them and they see that everyone is wearing masks. Yeah, so I think this is the first time they actually visit a fully bonafide Fire Nation village colony. Um, and we see it's actually doing really well. Uh, fun fact, the dragon that walks by them are dragon dancers, which are actually real dancers in real life. If you ever go to like Chinatown during Chinese New Year, you'll see them dancing, which is like a pretty cool homage but um something to note is that everyone seems to be doing really well here um this fire nation colony seems like pretty established um and i think it's pretty cool yeah and then Sokka says where are we gonna get masks like that and then immediately the salesperson behind them goes get your genuine fire festival <laughs> masks here and he said genuine which i thought was interesting um i don't know i've actually never heard anybody say it that way that's how you pronounce it in the fire nation colonies next time <laughs> you visit yeah <laughs> and then Sokka says that was surprisingly easy and I thought this was funny because I was like wow the universe is actually on Sokka's side for once yeah I mean he was he was right about a lot of things this episode just saying that's true that's true um it's because he went through so much uh character development last episode <laughs> yeah, he's a real man now <laughs> yeah and then they all get their masks and I thought this was one of my favorite scenes, but Katara, they all put on their masks and then Katara looks at how Sokka's mask looks uncharacteristically happy. And then Aang's mask is a really sad mask. And then she just switches them. And when she takes them off of each of their faces, Sokka beneath the mask, the happy mask was frowning. And then Aang beneath the sad mask was smiling really big. And it was just, it was just a really subtle, uh, kind of hilarious moment that they did um yeah. yeah i really liked it uh and then i also thought wow everyone's wearing masks this would be a great socially distant covid appropriate <laughs> festival <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <laughs> another thing that's really interesting here is the masks kind of remind me of the tragedy and comedy masks that we see a lot in theater mm -hmm. and there's a lot of theater references in avatar not only ember island players but also the mask that Zuko wears, that's from the Blue Spirit, that if you remember, Joy said is also from a play that his mother mm. and her lover were in, in The mm -hmm. Search, second graphic novel. Yeah, that is interesting. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. And we see some theater here, too, later. Um, then next they go to get some food and they find these flaming fire flakes. And I just want to shout out my guy, Binging with Babish on YouTube. He makes, um, or he has a lot of cooking videos and he's not my guy. I don't know him, but I like his videos. <laughs> but he has a video where he makes flaming fire flakes, um, which is pretty cool. Have you ever uh, made them or ate, eaten them? No, but 
I don't know. I, I just can't imagine. I don't, I almost don't want to put the effort into making them because I can't imagine them being better than Flaming Hot Cheetos, which I think really is the real life reincarnation of <laughs> Flaming Fireflakes. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to waste my time on any spicy snack that's not Flaming Hot Cheetos. Ooh, have you had spicy Szechuan peanuts though? They're pretty close. Oh, I don't think so. That sounds really delicious. I love peanuts too. Then they watch this puppet show where Ozai just completely sets this earthbender who's trying to attack him on fire. And then, you know, all the children start to cheer. And this is kind of one of those moments where you're like, ah, the Fire Nation youth are being brainwashed. Oh, no. Uh, Because this is such a lighthearted festival. And then like the one of the main events for the children is this puppet show where Ozai like kills this firebender or earthbender. Sorry. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. It was actually kind of funny to me because this earthbender like is kind of sneaking up from behind and about to throw his rock and the the kids are all like, and then like Ozai just turns around and breathes fire on this dude and just destroys him. It was uh, it was a little funny, but also kind of terrifying. But also, this is the first imagery we have of Ozai because in one of the previous episodes, uh, we see his shadow during Zuko's flashback, but we don't see him. And then this puppet is kind of the closest thing we have of to an image of what he actually looks like. Yeah, I found this pretty good line online, which, and I'm going to quote it. It says, a number of these festivities were violent or exposed poignant issues in society, which was deliberately done to indoctrinate the colony's inhabitants and express Fire Nation ideals. Yeah, definitely. This is just, you got to start with the youth, you know, they're gonna, They're the ones you're going to carry it on. So their next stop is they go to watch this magician on who has this big stage. Yeah. And so on the way, Sokka's like, knowing the Fire Nation is probably an execution. <laughs> which I was like, dang, that's extreme for a bunch of people around a stage. But I guess we just saw a puppet show in which someone is like brutally burned to death, kind of. So maybe it's not out of hand, but also that was a lot. And yeah, I mean, Sokka is like super suspicious of all firebenders. Um, but again... There's definitely a lot of humanity shown in this whole festival because except for the puppet show, I mean, most of it is like very colorful. Like there's so much color in this festival and, you know, everyone's very happy in this Fire Nation town. So it's definitely a lot of humanity shown. Yeah, I thought that comment was just really funny. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but, you know, he does have some deep rooted uh, hatred towards Fire Nation. Anyways, this magician eventually decides to choose Katara as the volunteer for his next trick. And then she goes on stage and this mystery man is lurking still. And then the magician introduces his trick, which is taming the dragon. But when he starts to lose control of the dragon, Aang says like, oh, we have to help. Yeah, my thought is like, God, how stupid are you, Aang? (laughs) Like, clearly this is part of the trick. I know it's a freaking magician. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he loves her. Yeah, I know. It's like his reaction for when she's even remotely close to danger is so visceral. Like, it shows you how deep-rooted his feelings for her are, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is really silly, obviously. And then Sokka says, no, we can't make a scene because he knows this is not real. And then <laughs> the magician's rope breaks and Aang airbends the dragon away. Uh, and fun fact, this the move that he uses here is the same move used in the opening sequence by the mystery airbender. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When Sokka's trying to stop Aang, we also see Che step in and try to grab Aang. And like Chase probably thinking like, holy, we are so screwed. The Avatar is like so dumb. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. That's such a good catch. I didn't notice that have to go back and see but yeah that's that's pretty neat that they put that in um and then he ruins the trick and the crowd boos and then ang just starts to dance and there's that like really goofy music and i was like wow you know ang is a really good dancer like we see this later in season three and he really he really enjoys dancing but it's kind of one of those neat things that's just part of his personality he's like mm-hmm. just break it out you know whenever get down he doesn't even need music yeah very talented kid and stupid sometimes but yeah then they realize he's the avatar obviously and the guards start to chase him yeah these guards they seem like we're off-duty officers which like is pretty good you know like you get time off enjoy this really nice festival there's fireworks (laughs) and everything seems like the the ideal time you know 
Yeah. And then their vacation is rudely ruined. Um, but then the cloaked man offers to help them escape. So then they're running away and this cloaked man uses smoke bombs to distract and Aang calls Appa with his bison whistle. Yeah. And Sokka says, I hope he can really hear that bison whistle. But this is kind of a repeat of what happened in the Water Squirrel episode, because as soon as Aang bought the whistle, Sokka was so skeptical. He's like, ah, oh, that doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. But then Appa comes and saves them at the end of the day in that episode. So I think we already established that Appa really can hear this bison whistle. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a little cinema sin. Um, but then they reach a dead end and Appa, of course, saves them right in time and airbends everybody away with his tail. And again, Appa is the most powerful being behind the sheer shoe yeah. <laughs> in this universe. Um, and then they set off all the fireworks as they leave and everyone's like, hooray. So then they have escaped and Che and they're all sitting by a campfire and Che introduces himself as an ex-Fire Nation soldier. And he explains that he serves a man, a legend, Zhang Zhang the deserter. So some fun facts about Zhang Zhang. Zhang Zhang was based on Zhang Zhang Yun, who is the CEO of DR Movie, one of the animation studios that worked on Avatar episodes. Um, Zhang Zhang also bears a strong resemblance to Colonel Kurtz in the 1979 film Apocalypse Now, where he was a deserter dissatisfied with a country's policies after the war. Hmm. And he was protected by natives also. Oh, And in the company of another deserter. Wow, that is very, yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, Che explains that uh, Zhang Zhang was a really highly ranked Fire Nation officer and, quote, the first person to ever leave the army and live. And then he says, and I'm the second, but you don't get to be a legend for that. It's okay, though. <laughs> and I was thinking, woof, that's a harsh reality. So lesson for the kids out there. You got to do it first and you got to be the best because second is not going to cut it. <laughs> so there you go. Get get competitive, you know, and you got to go for gold. Um, Joyce's inner Asian tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Silver medal. Like, get out of here. Not going to cut it. No one's ever going to remember you. Uh, meanwhile, first place is like deified as a god <laughs> by, <laughs> by his um, forest people. I don't really know what they're called. But anyways, um, yeah. So again, I mean, this is what the show does really well, which is showing that, you know, Fire Nation people can be good. And then Che says, Zhang Zhang is a firebending genius. Some say he's mad, but he's not. He's enlightened. Yeah, I think this kind of follows along with the whole theme of like, they are not what they seem. Uh, another like person it reminds me of is Iroh, who's, you, you don't know if he's mad or if he's enlightened mm -hmm. kind of vibes. Mm -hmm. um, so it fits that later we found out he's in the White Lotus. But something that got me thinking recently is that another person who could fit into this description of could be mad, could be enlightened is Zaheer. Um, but that's clearly like not true. So it's interesting how this theme prevails all of Avatar, but it doesn't extend into Korra. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, that's interesting. I also think maybe some of the commonality between Zhang Zhang and Iroh both having this descriptor is that both are kind of um, people who kind of turn against the um, Fire Nation army. Uh, Zhang Zhang mm -hmm. um, explicitly does it. Iroh kind of just you know, becomes like old and weak, supposedly. So it could be some kind of propaganda that the Fire Nation uses to kind of turn people against these people that deserted the army. Mm, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Spreading the rumors. Um, then Aang gets really excited and says, whoa, Zhang Zhang, you know, an actual Fire Nation firebender can train me who's not with the, you know, Fire Lord Ozai. And Che agrees and says he's perfect for to train Aang and that's why he followed them and Sokka says they should be on their way but Katara says it can't hurt just to talk to him yeah and Sokka says why does no one ever listen to me and he's so right like when they went into the fire festival two seconds ago they got in trouble so <laughs> I feel like the only time people ever listen to Sokka is when there's like that war music playing in the background and he's clearly coming up with some plan yeah. but otherwise <laughs> like he's just talking to the wind yeah. I know <laughs> It has to be just like a PowerPoint presentation before Sokka <laughs> gets any attention. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Anyways, then the forest people 
emerge and the lead forest guy says, Zhang Zhang told you not to look for the avatar to Che. And Sokka says, you know these guys? And Che is like, oh yeah, Lin Yi's an old buddy, right Lin Yi? And he's like, shut up. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, all these people kind of give Swamp People vibes, but also specifically Che and the way he talks kind of reminds me a lot of the the skinny swamp guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Out of the two swamp guys. Also, I'm just gonna yeah. say, like these forest people, do they ever show up again in the whole episode? Maybe they do one more time, but they play such a small part. But I think that kind of gives credence to what you're saying, Justin, about the uh, inspiration from Apocalypse Now and how they're tying that that the deserter developed a relationship with the natives. Because other than that, they don't play a role like at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it... it- Probably just functions to show how removed Zhang Zhang is from society. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, back in society, Zhao is interrogating the guards about where Aang went. <laughs> yeah. And in part of this interrogation, we learn that this Fire Nation village is has had the lowest crime it's ever had during this festival, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny um, <laughs> that these people are just living this very idyllic life. And Aang just has to come ruin everything. I yeah. know. Uh, yeah. And then they tell Zhao where Aang headed, which is up the river. And back to Zhang Zhang's camp, Che says that Zhang Zhang won't see Aang because he is very angry that Che brought him here. And... He wants them to leave immediately. And Aang says, or Aang asks why. And Che says, Zhang Zheng said Aang wasn't ready because he hadn't mastered the other elements yet. Yeah, and I think this, at least for me, harkened back to episode two, I believe, where they visit the Southern Air Temple and they see all the different statues and the order that they're in. Mm, yeah. Um, and then Aang asks, oh, how would he know that? And Che says, he can tell just by the way you've walked into camp. Yeah, and this really pisses Aang off. You can tell immediately when Che says this, Aang gets super frustrated. And and this is a theme that comes up throughout the episode. And this is something that I think is one of Aang's um, personality traits that he grows the most in. Because, you know, he had a rough childhood and everything that happened to him. But one thing he always took solace in, especially in the beginning of the show, is that he was always the best at bending and he was always the most powerful and he's kind of low key about it. But when, whenever anyone um, kind of says otherwise, he gets really pissed off. And mm. um, yeah, we'll, we'll see this come out through the rest of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good catch. Um, I didn't notice that. But yeah, Aang goes to see Zhang Zhang anyways and just walks right into his tent. And then Zhang Zhang says, get out. And then Aang says, master, I need to learn firebending. And then he says, I'm the avatar. It's my destiny to. And then Zhang Zhang cuts him off and he says, destiny. What would a boy know of destiny? If a fish lives its whole life in a river, does he know the river's destiny? No. (laughs) He goes like, no. (laughs) Only that it runs on and on and out of its control. He may follow where it flows, but he cannot see. Wait. (laughs) He cannot see the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. That's what he says. But he cannot imagine the The ocean. Ocean. (laughs) Ocean. (laughs) Okay, I just butchered that. But you get the point. Okay, so uh, Zhang Zhang actually uses a very interesting quote here, which I think is a mix of like Eastern and Western influences. So this metaphor is based off a quote from Einstein when he says, what does a fish know about the water in which the way he swims his whole life? Um, And then at the end of the quote, when Zhang Zhang says, the fish which lives its whole life in a river cannot imagine the ocean, is very similar to a Chinese proverb, which says a frog at the bottom of a well cannot conceive of the ocean. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. I like how they pulled from both. Um, Anyways, (laughs) Aang responds to this long, rambling monologue by going, Okay, <laughs> but it's the avatar's duty to master all the bending disciplines. And Jongno says, are you deaf? How can I teach you if you refuse to listen? And dude, this guy can bend fire and he can spit fire. <laughs> <laughs> Super hot fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty sad. Anyways, 
Zhang Zhang says, before learning firebending, you must learn water and earth. Water is cool and soothing. Earth is steady and stable. But fire, fire is alive. It breathes, it grows. Without a bender, a rock will not throw itself. But fire will spread and destroy everything in its path if one does not have the will to control it. That is its destiny. You are not ready. You are too weak. (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect. Uh, and then Zhang Yang follows this by saying how firebenders have to walk the line between humanity and savagery, and eventually they are torn apart. And I thought this was interesting because it reminded me of the prison episode when the warden is talking about how the earthbenders were brutish savages. So it's interesting that the only portrayals of firebenders are people who believe that they are the saviors and everyone else is savages. Or here we see, here we see Zhang Zhang, who believes that like firebending is savagery. Yeah. Um, and I think the only person who really has found balance between any of this is Iroh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then uh, when Zhang Zhang says this, the fire around him just shoots up and the screen goes dark and Roku appears. And this was just... Wow, mind blown. I did not see this coming. This is <laughs> you never see Roku coming, <laughs> I, I really don't. That's because Roku has really grand entrances. Yeah. He is he is such a, you know, godly figure. And he really just comes out of nowhere here. Um, so it's it's a really great moment. I think it there's it's very dramatic. And then Roku says, You think I'm weak? And then John Chell's like, no. And then he says, Roku says, I've mastered the elements a thousand times in a thousand lifetimes. Now I must do it again. You will teach the Avatar firebending. Yeah, this was definitely really epic. And Roku may be godly or maybe seen as godly, but he's kind of stupid. I mean, he knows less than Zhang Zhang. Like, Aang should not have learned firebending now. He's clearly very insecure, kind of arrogant. He's got this whole thing going on, and then he ends up messing up and hurting Katara, and it was Roku's fault. So, you know, (laughs) Roku's the real villain here. Although, in Roku's defense, Aang is not the first Avatar to have at least bended in a different order. Oh, really? Avatar Kyoshi was the first one to bend in a different order. So his predecessor did. And maybe he can see that as a reason to allow Aang to do it here. Hmm. Um, huh. And just a, a kind of off-topic comment, but it's, I think, really cool that we get to see so much of Avatar Roku in this show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wish Aang showed up more in Korra. Like, he does that one time when they're on the cliff, but I really wish, like, when Korra sees Katara, like, Aang will just show up once or twice, but sadly, it never happens. Yeah. Yeah, Roku does make a bunch of awesome appearances in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought this was weird. Uh, okay, so then after that, Zhang Zhang agrees and the vision disappears and Aang says, really? That's great. And I think I was just kind of thrown off by what the heck even just happened. So for before I was kind of reading more, I was like, wait, so did Aang... Because usually it's like Aang transforms into Roku, right? In mm-hmm. a way. Or not really, because I'm trying to remember what happened in the Winter Solstice episode, but Roku, I don't think it was Aang... No, Roku Aang, offers to take over. Roku offers to take over, yeah. But Aang is in the Avatar state, because afterwards you see him coming, coming out of it when Roku disappears. Mm-hmm. So, but in this instance, it seems completely like Aang was unaware of what happened. So it's just when I was looking online, people were saying, I mean, people were referring to it as just a Zhang Zhang vision, but I'm like confused, just very confused how Roku, you know, incepted himself into <laughs> Zhang Zhang's mind. Um, yeah, it was weird. I, I think it was definitely or at least Aang's reaction afterward makes it seem like it was a vision but it is kind of weird and like why does roku show up for this specific thing but he never really shows up to intimidate people in the future ever so yeah a little strange (laughs) or just take over and win the war yeah (laughs) i know (laughs) 
Like Aang never he has to learn just, firebending if he can just turn into Roku whenever he needs to. Roku should just be an avatar tyrant and just be like, actually, there don't need to be any more avatars <laughs> yeah. after me because I'm the best and I can just possess anybody at any time. Although if that happened, the world would uh, crumble and fall because Roku is inept. So That's so unfair and not true. Um, <laughs> anyways, the next day... They are getting ready for training because Zhang Zhang has agreed and Sokka is fishing. And I just thought, wow, this is his dream. You know, he has his fishing line back. He is sitting on a rock. It's very peaceful. He's basically on vacation. Um, and which is nice, you know, he deserves a break. And Zhang Zhang is starting to teach Aang and teaches Aang stance. And he says to, you know, stand really wide and now concentrate. And Aang says, what now? And then Zhang Jun says, silence. Talking is not concentrating. Look at your friend. Is she talking? Even that oaf knows how to concentrate on what he's doing. Uh, and that was just pretty funny. Because, you know, everyone likes to shit on Sokka. And then Zhang Zhang says, focus on the sun. Yeah. So this I thought was interesting because we don't really hear any other firebenders say focusing on the sun uh, can help with firebending. Like even Iroh, I don't think ever explicitly says that. Um, but we do see the sun warriors talk about how they get all their power from the sun. Uh, so it's interesting that Zhang Zhang, um, innately knew or found the purest sense of firebending, which the, in which the power comes from the, the sun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so after Zhang Zhang says to focus on the sun, Aang is like, so when do I get to make some fire? And, <laughs> oh man, he's so impatient. Like, He's treated Zhang Zhang so rudely, like Zhang Zhang said not to come into his house and he does and he just forces him to teach him firebending and then doesn't listen to anything he say. Like Aang is, is pretty annoying so far. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But he's probably also just really excited that there's a good firebender and he also doesn't really have that much time because this is a detour from their goal of getting to the northern water tribe. So, yeah, I don't know. But I get it. Yeah, I, I don't think he's as annoying as... Well, actually, no, he wasn't the annoying one for last episode, so never mind. I that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is fitting, though, because water is the element of patience. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I will, in defense of Iroh, he did learn from the Sun Warriors. Yeah, yeah. So he clearly does know that the Sun is the source of fire. Perhaps it's because we only ever see him speak about fire to Zuko, and he knows Zuko is not ready for that. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. And after Aang is like, when do I get to make some fire? Zhang Zhang yells at Aang in front of Katar and Sokka and Katar and Sokka laugh at Aang. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Aang blushes. And not only is he shown to be weak here, which plays on the insecurity, he's also shown to be weak in front of Katara, which makes him feel even worse. So he's yeah. uh, feeling real insecure right about now. Yeah, that's true. Um, poor Aang. So the next scene is Aang and Zhang Zhang going up this mountain to train. And Aang is like, are we coming up here so we don't burn anything with my fire blasts? And Zhang Zhang says, no fire. Power and fire bending comes from the breath. That is why we must master proper breath control. Yeah, and this is something Iroh definitely talks about with Zuko. How power doesn't come from the muscles. It comes from the breath. Um, which is just interesting that... Um, that is kind of a source of of discipline and how discipline is required in firebending. But also that made me think of the comparison between Aang and Zuko here because they, they actually both have the same problem. They're both too impatient mm. and they both want to firebend when they have to first master discipline. Um, so that was like interesting that they both actually share uh, some of the same problems. And it's kind of fitting that like Zuko you know, masters firebending and then is the one to teach Aang in the end how to control firebending. Wow. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, I never that never occurred to me, but it's a very good point. Um, yeah, so Zhang Zhang instructs Aang to assume his stance and breathe without talking. And then Aang goes like, huh, and he's like really <laughs> resistant. And I'm like, wait a second, wasn't he a monk? Isn't this yeah. what monks do, which is focus on breathing and not talking and meditating um so that was kind of interesting but also i guess he was a kid you know and so who knows how much of that he really did and also this kind of 
relates to the episode Bitter Work in season two. And uh, I found this online, but basically Zuko also goes to train on top of a mountain with Iroh. And maybe this is just to train in firebending. So that's another parallel, I guess, between Aang and Zuko. And maybe... Yeah, maybe you're closer to the sun. I don't really know why the mountain is the ideal spot, but anyways. Yeah, this whole scene kind of reminded me of Karate Kid when Mr. Miyagi is trying to teach the kid karate, but he makes him do like all these seemingly unrelated chores and the kid's like complaining all Uh the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And then you just find out at the end like, oh, he was just teaching him fundamentals and... Yeah, no, that's a yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the next scene is Aang gives up and he goes back to Zhang Zhang's hut and says, I've been breathing for hours. I want you to stop wasting my time. I already know how to squat and breathe and feel the sun. I want to know how to shoot fire out of my fingertips. And Zhang Zhang says, I had a pupil once who had no interest in learning discipline. He was only concerned with the power of fire, how he could use it to destroy his enemies and wipe out the obstacles in his path. But fire is a horrible burden to bear. Its nature is to consume and without control, it destroys everything around it. Yeah. So this is really interesting because I was talking about how before Zhang Zhang knows that the power of firebending kind of comes from the sun, which is inspired by the sun warriors. But he has this really pessimistic take on firebending. He thinks it's a curse. He thinks it's a burden. But the sun warriors, they also had the same kind of source of firebending, but they're super optimistic about it. They're like, oh, it's alive and it's a source of life and it's, you know, powerful, but if used in the right way, it can like do some amazing things. Um, But I think it's really Zhao who kind of corrupted Zhang Zhang because Zhang Zhang taught Zhao and and, um, Zhao ended up being a failure and using that power to, um, you know, evil ends. But I think that really corrupted Zhang Zhang. And we'll see that Zhang Zhang, I think, kind of has a redemption arc over the show. But right now, it's like, it's just interesting that he's super disillusioned about um, firebending, even though he knows like the true source of it. Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then Zhang Zhang says, learn restraint or risk destroying yourself and everyone you love. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) foreshadowing for literally the next scene (laughs) Um, so Zhang Zhang says that Aang leaves and then Zhang Zhang says oh we're ready to work with fire now and so he gives him a leaf and he says and he starts a little flame on the leaf and says concentrate on the fire I want you to keep this flame from reaching the edges of the leaf for as long as you can yeah and so this actually reminded me of what the sun warriors had uh, Aang and Zuko do um, they basically gave them a small piece of fire and they had to keep this piece of fire alive until they trekked up to the top of the mountain. So that was mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, that's a good connection too. Um, and then Aang concentrates on the leaf and his breathing, but then the leaf burns up completely and Aang says, and he's, Aang is holding a bit of fire in his hands and he says, I did it, I made fire. Guitar says, Aang, that's great, but you should take it slow. And I thought, uh, I thought the music was really striking right when he kind of makes the fire um there's as Katara approaches him there's this really loud drum beat and in the music in general gets Mm. really ominous right when he has the starts to hold the fire in his hand so you know something's gonna go badly um then Aang starts to juggle the fire around and you know he's like I wonder if I can figure out that trick that the magician did and then he shoots it out uh, in a circle of fire around him Yeah, and I think this is just the height of Aang's arrogance and hubris because he saw the juggler do this trick and obviously the the juggler was not going to hurt Katara and he felt the need to go there and protect her even though nothing was going to happen. And then he's Mm. trying to imitate the juggler because he thinks he's so good and he's better than the juggler because he's Avatar and he's always been so good. And then he ends up hurting Katara. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's a good point. Um, And then Katara puts her hands up and this is all happening in slow motion. She puts her hands up to defend herself and then she lets out a wail. And it's just really heartbreaking. You can see Aang turn, Aang's face turn from glee to just despair and regret. Um, And it all happens like really slowly and really drawn out. 
Um, but then Katara starts to cry and Sokka says, what's wrong? And looks at Aang and says, what did you do? And then Aang says, it was an accident. And then Sokka tackles Aang to the ground and says, I told you we shouldn't mess around with this. Look what you did. You burned my sister. And damn, this is really <laughs> like, we thought there was tension last episode. Like, this is really crazy, actually. Um, I mean, I don't think we've. You know, like, if we ever doubted Sokka and Katara's relationship and bond, like, this is such a moment where, mm -hmm. you know, you see that Sokka would do anything for her. Um, yeah. Then Katara runs off, and then Zhang Zhang returns, and Sokka points to Zhang Zhang and says, this is all your fault. And Zhang Zhang says, I know. Now, pack your things. You must leave immediately. <laughs> um, so he at least owns up to it very quickly, but then Aang tries to apologize, and Sokka leaves, and, you know... It's pretty not looking good for Team Avatar right now. Um, and then Katara is by the river and she puts her hands in the water and they start to glow. And then her burns disappear pretty much instantly. And then Zhang Zhang appears and he says, you have healing abilities. The great benders of the water tribe sometimes have this ability. I've always wished I were blessed like you, free from this burning curse. I feel that it's really cool that Zhang Zhang calls them the great benders of the water tribe. So clearly... Zhang Zhang is pro-women, unlike Master Poophead, a.k.a. Grand Paku, a.k.a. the notorious Master Paku. Um, but this is also not true because we see kids are being taught, or young girls are being taught it when we cut to the Northern Water Tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I like that take on Zhang Zhang. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, fun fact about this actually, is that Burning Curse was one of the alternate titles they considered for this episode. Oh, interesting. I like that. Yeah. So the next scene is Zhao attacks and Zhang Zheng tells Katara uh, to get her friends and flee. And then Zhao and Zhang Zhe have their confrontation. Meanwhile, Sokka and Katara are getting ready to leave and Katara finds Aang in Zhang Zhang's tent and says, and Aang says he'll never firebend again. Yeah, and Aang is kind of repenting for what he just did and kind of sitting there in in isolation and really dejected and i think this is a big moment for him because this is something he keeps with him for a long time like he totally refuses to firebend uh i mean until late in the third season and in a sense like joyce what you just said about the, the title almost being burning curse i think is appropriate because it not only applies to zhang zhang but it also applies to ang because Aang, now that he burned Katara, is also now bears the, this burden of firebending. And mm -hmm. he never really heals until um, Zuko teaches him and, and they visit the Sun Warriors. So this is a, something he carries with him now, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then Katara says they have to go because Zhao is attacking and they captured Zhang Zhang. Um, and I thought, oh, how would she know this? But OK, fair. <laughs> and then Aang goes to help. Yeah. And so... Meanwhile, at the confrontation between Zhao and Zhang Zhang, uh, they're having a conversation. Uh, they're just catching up. Um, just kidding. No, it's more hostile <laughs> than that. Um, but Just um, two old friends <laughs> getting a cup of coffee. <laughs> but uh, uh, Zhao it says that Zhang Zhang has become nothing more than a savage. And then Zhang Zhang replies, it is you who have embraced savagery, Zhao. And then Zhao says, it's Admiral Zhao now. So... <laughs> Again, we see the theme of savagery come up. And like Justin said, Zhang Zhang is calling Zhao a savage because of how he uses his firebending and how it's totally evil. Um, but the fact that Zhao's response to that is that he's admiral now, like, is so sad. And clearly, I don't know, to me, it just seems like Zhao is seeking this external validation. Like, you can never be happy with external validation, you know? So mm -hmm. I think I think Zhao is just trying to impress his old master because Zhao has not... Uh, Zhao, Zhao knows in, inside that, you know, he's not happy and he's not doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I feel like he 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 is really just trying to seek validation from Zhang Zhang. Anyways, then uh, Zhang Zhang tells Zhao not to fight Aang because he is no match. And Zhao says, I think I can handle a child. And I thought this is so funny because he literally could not handle this child, you know, like three episodes ago or whatever it was during the blue spirit episode. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's already been bested by Aang like a few, I guess that was the only time, but yeah. Um, 
Yeah, then Zhang Zhang says, I have never seen such raw power about Aang. And I was like, wait a second, why is he hyping Aang up so much? You know, he hasn't seen Aang really do anything. Uh, maybe this is one of those, you know, sixth sense things, like how he could sense that Aang wasn't ready. But then Zhang Zhang is, gets surrounded by Zhao's soldiers and then he disappears in this ball of fire and it's pretty cool. Um, and then Zhao confronts Aang after that and says, let's find out what my old master has taught you and starts attacking Aang. Um, and Aang sees that Zhao's attacks start to set all the trees around on fire and says, no self-control. Um, so he did learn something from Zhang Zhang. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, my thing is like, this is such a stupid plan. <laughs> also, like, how is Zhao like stupid enough to fall for this? He's an admiral, for yeah. God's sake. But we know Zhao is it doesn't have the best judgment, and that just further proves that your stature doesn't mean anything. It's it's not what is on the outside; it's what's on the inside. You know? mm -hmm. But clearly, like Zhao has enough patience to hold back the people capturing the Avatar and to have the Yuyan archer shoot out. So, I don't know. I think it's a little out of character for an admiral to get this mad at a 10-year-old child. But th that's th that's like all the more reason to get more angry because like he's losing to this 10-year-old child, kind of. But I see your point. It is kind of in inconsistent. Yeah. But, you know, then Aang starts to taunt him and we know that Zhao doesn't take anything more seriously than his you know his ego and his pride and you know the fact that this 10 year old even thinks he has the right to insult him I feel like is I I buy it as enough to get to him mm -hmm. um anyway so yeah then Aang is evading and Zhao says stand up and fight Avatar and my favorite actually no Aang has some pretty good taunts. One is, uh, oh, for some reason, I thought you would be better than Zuko, <laughs> which is really funny. And then the, the other one I liked was when Aang hops onto Zhao's ship and says, ahoy, I'm Admiral Zhao, and shakes his butt in Zhao's face. And this reminded me of the, um, the pirates in the waterbending scroll when one of them moons Zuko. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's kind of... Um, I guess that's how they like to taunt these uh, egotistical firebenders by mooning them. Then Zhao scowls and it works and he starts to burn up all his ships, which are stupidly made of wood. <laughs> <laughs> and then Aang says, you've lost this battle. And Zhao says, are you crazy? You haven't thrown a single blow. And Aang says, no, but you have, as he gestures towards all the destruction that Zhao has caused. And then Aang says, Zhang Zhang said you had no restraint. So got him <laughs> yeah um and then we get a classic avatar episode ending with the team avatar flying away on appa and katara heals some of ang's burns and then so ang and sokka find out that she has this healing power and they fly away the end yay yay so with that let's get to our ratings all right so i'm gonna give this episode a six i feel like in my mind, I kind of romanticized this episode, so I kind of had higher expectations, I think, than what it actually ended up being. Um, I like the things I like mostly about this episode are, I think Zhang Zhang is a very cool character. I don't know that the execution was a hundred percent there, but I think he's a very cool character, and I, I like a lot of the themes he kind of talks about. Um, but I, I felt overall this episode kind of just had a lot going on. There's a lot of different parts and there's some kind of unnecessary parts like Che is kind of this character that's just like there. The forest people are just like there. And I don't know that it totally comes together as a cohesive whole nice episode. So, yeah, above average six. Yeah, I would give this episode probably a six. I think it's slightly better than average, but not by much. Um, I think it's really cool that we get to see a Fire Nation colony for the first time. And there's some cool cameos with the Blue Spirit. But yeah, I agree with Anand. There's not a lot of cohesion going on here. I feel like the plot is very tropey and is trying too hard 
to pay homages to other things and the skeleton of the plot itself is not too strong. I feel like this might have been a good like two part episode, but here we are. And especially in comparison to the great episodes that are coming up, I think it kind of dims in that comparison. Um, yeah, I would give this episode a seven, probably. Um, I kind of agree with what Anne was saying. I feel like I regard this episode as like amazing and it is really good. But I think I agree with some of the elements of it being a little random. Zhang Zhang isn't super fully fleshed out and he's like really cool and has the makings of an awesome character. But I'm almost I'm kind of sad we don't see him much except for, you know, in the season finale. Um, But I do like it because I think it has this mysterious element in the beginning, even though it's not subtle. But you do. It leaves you wondering what's going on. Perfect for spoopy season. Um. Aang is pretty frustrating this episode, but unlike other times where he's been frustrating, I think we get some events that really impact his long-term character, like we were saying. Um, you know, by season three, Aang is still really traumatized by this experience, and uh, it plays a big role in, in Aang's, you know, overall arc throughout the whole show. Katara gets to heal, which is really freaking awesome. So that's great for her. Um, and I do like how this episode explores firebending and how complex the the element is and how it's really been um, like it's really been perverted, I guess. And, uh, you know, it, this is the beginning of unearthing haha, earth kind of the um, the true meaning of firebending. Um, but sad an- another sad you know, maybe a negative thing is that I was kind of really missing Zuko and Iroh in this episode, you know, because um, it is such a firebending centric episode and they're not there. Um, and fun fact, it is the only episode where Zhao appears, but Zuko does not. Um, so overall, I think it's I think it's good more for what it does for the rest of the show. And I think that's why I remember it so fondly. But, you know, still really good. So a seven. So that concludes this episode of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our discussion of The Deserter. As always, we release on What's Up on Wednesday, so we'll see you next time for our discussion of The Northern Air Temple. If you want to stay up to date with when we release or submit thoughts or questions, please follow us on Instagram at, at what's underscore appa, like our Facebook page, or you can email us at whatsappapod at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, be sure to hit us with a five-star rating. Thanks again, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Flamio, Hotman. <laughs> <laughs>